Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, we would love to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. Here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. We do that through our coaching and training communication workshops, but we also do that with this podcast and the great guests that we bring to you every other week. And I'm excited today to have Steve Robinson. Steve is the former vice president and chief marketing officer of Chick-fil-A. Anybody heard of Chick-fil-A? He now serves as a consultant and speaker on organizational culture and brand and marketing architecture. He's the author of Covert Cows and Chick-fil-A. That's the book title, Covert Cows and Chick-fil-A. That's how I became aware of Steve, and, and that's what we've asked him to come to the podcast today. So, Steve, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brian. Great to be here. Uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, uh, boy, I really enjoyed the book. It, it's it's exciting Good. to find out the kind of get the curtain pulled back on some of the Chick Fil A marketing because it's such such an um, innovative way to market and innovative way to do things. One thing I want to do is ask you our signature question here on the on the Builder Success podcast. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Steve Robinson? Hmm. Well. I'll try to keep it simple, but I, I think it's fundamentally being able to cast a very clear vision that people identify with, uh, actually learn to value, and then resource those people to achieve the vision. Um, and when I say resource, I mean provide them the proper talent necessary and the money necessary. Um, but I, at the core of it, I think it's all about casting proper vision and empowering people to uh, fulfill that vision, kind of get out of the way. I like that. I, I think that vision casting is something your team and the, the group at Chick-fil-A has done and set an example for us, model leadership and, and training young people in these stores. It's just amazing. So you had the privilege of working with Truett Cathy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, the man's a legend, but I know there's also other great team members in the organization. Yeah. Well, I was director of <clears throat> marketing for Six Flags Over Georgia when I met Truett. Um, they, they reached out. He and Jimmy Collins, who was the CEO, reached out to me in summer of 1980. I was enjoying my work at Six Flags. Uh, Jimmy called me, said, look, we don't have a marketing department. Um, would you have an interest in talking to us about that? Six Flags was publicly owned. We we're going through some major transitions, some of which I, I quite frankly, I wasn't very happy about. And uh, I had already met some of the folks at Chick-fil-A, including Jimmy. <clears throat> so the short of it, Brian, is I started an interview process that I thought might take three or four days. And it took almost five months. <laughs> and um, that began in August. And in early December, I was still interviewing with them. And specifically in early December, I was interviewing Truett again in his office. And um, <clears throat> I'm doing all this stealth. And I looked at Truett and I said, Truett, what are you looking for in the ideal marketing candidate? 
And there was this long pause and he looked at me and says, I have absolutely no idea. All I know is whatever it is, I don't want to do it. Um, I'm telling you this story because it gives you tremendous insight through it. Then he went on to say, however, if we invite you here, it's because Jimmy and others think you can do the job. But I'm more concerned about who you are, because if we invite you here, I, I want to make sure we have fun together and that we can trust each other. I uh, hadn't heard a lot of that in my interview process at other places. Then he added, he said, and if we do invite you here, it's my expectation you'll never leave. Well, I never heard that anywhere else. <clears throat> and uh, he said that my, my point, Steve, is that the most important decisions we make here are who we invite to join the organization. And so we're very patient in this process. He went on to say probably another couple of weeks before I'd hear anything. And it was. Uh, but that led to being invited to join them. I joined them in January of 1981. And I did get to work right alongside Jimmy and Truett. I found Truett to be completely a man of his word in that last interview. He, in fact, he never called me to his office one time to say anything about what he thought I'd done wrong or, the mis or how I'd screwed up on something. Not once. Now, I, make some, I made some mistakes, and in fact, I unpack a couple of them in the book. But he, uh, if he trusted you, not just me, but if he entrusted you in the role that you were in, he left you alone. And his, <clears throat> his primary focus was on the, the purpose and the vision of the business. His passion was not wealth. It was not growth. His passion was attracting great talent to the business and helping people grow and helping people thrive. And he knew if he did that, then he would win. And uh, he not only behaved that way, he repeatedly say it, said it. I, I'm trying to create a win-win environment for every staff member and every Chick-fil-A operator. And uh, I don't have any desire to tell people what to do day to day, stay out of the way. And that was one of the first lessons I learned from Truett was attract great talent and leave them alone. And then do what he did, and that's focus on vision and purpose and making sure the culture is, is in alignment with what's important to you as the leader, and in this case, him. And that's that was the kind of person he was. He was fun. Uh, he was humble. Um, uh, he he really did not he really did not uh, pursue wealth for growth and wealth's sake. It, money did not motivate him. Um, he he truly was, even though it sounds cliche. He was a people person, and so as a result, I had an unbelievable career. I never had a desire to go anywhere else. Uh, because he equipped me with the resources and the team team members I needed uh, to, to help grow the business, grow the brand. And every day I look forward to going to work. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. 
That is an amazing story. Of course, I've read the book, so I know more about the details of some of the things you mentioned there. So, so listeners, please get you a copy of this book. Again, it is uh, Covert Cows uh, and Chick-fil-A, and Steve Robinson's the author here. But one thing that, that comes out to me that said, you know, Jimmy Collins is another person on the team, president. Yes. And not everyone knows his name. I've been following him on LinkedIn for a few years now, and I realize the leader he is as well. Yes, it indeed. It takes a team to make things happen. Give us just a little insight about Jimmy and his personality. Well, Jimmy was a little more, um, a little more, um, how do you want to describe it? He was a little more analytical and results focused than Truett. I would say, true, I would say Jimmy's primary motivation, and after many years, I finally heard him say it once. <clears throat> he saw his role to do all the things that Truett didn't want to do. And insist, make sure it's successful. And you know what? Great leaders realize that that's what they're there for, is to make their their leader successful. And and Jimmy had learned the very same thing I learned in that interview, that there were a lot of things that Truett didn't want to do. And so Jimmy went about figuring out how to get those things done, not necessarily doing them all himself, but attracting talent to get it done. And, and I was hired in the early 80s, as were three or four other key leaders that ultimately became part of Truett's executive committee. And, and that whole initiative was under Jimmy's leadership. And, and Truett had no problem saying, okay, Jimmy, I'll support you hiring a director of marketing or a real estate guy or a new CFO or whatever, if that's what it takes to not bother me, <laughs> not, be, not be coming to me with a lot of operational day-to-day questions. Jimmy was a great um, a student. He was a, a learner. He loved to read. Um, I mean, there were years where he read 100 books a year. Uh, like Truett, um, he was incredibly diligent in the interview and recruitment process. And if he hired somebody, uh, he had your back and he had my back many times, both when I was maybe creating trouble and other times when I was getting out there with some risky ideas, he had my back and Truett had his back. And I, I think when you take those two guys, the, the yin and the yang <clears throat> of their personalities, where true, it's all about culture and, and maintaining the purpose of the business. And Jimmy's all about great execution and getting the things done to help fulfill Truett's vision. Uh, they were a great team. And, and with Jimmy's help, um, we had a, a really, really good executive committee that worked together uh, almost 35 years. And Jimmy retired in 2001 but most of the executive members that he recruited uh, stayed on in the business into the um, about like me, 2015, 2016, before there was any significant executive team uh, turnover. So I, I always tell people there is no Chick-fil-A without Jimmy Collins. And Jimmy had no problem with Truett getting all the credit because, again, as I said, he saw his role as to make Truett successful. But. Jimmy was the real catalyst of uh, designing the processes and the systems to grow the Chick-fil-A business. 
That is great. And I, I know you were an influential and in, in, in part of the team as well. So let's, let's dive into some of that. Before we do, I want the listeners to take note, though, that you don't, when you're building a team, you don't want a clone of yourself. You, you need no, no, people no. That, that, that supports you and you need people that have strengths that you just frankly don't have. I've taught right. my, I have twin boys that are now 23 years old and I've taught them for a long time. People will pay you for what they don't want to do. That's right. But they'll pay you a whole lot more for what they can't do. And so when you learn a skill or a trade and it's something that someone else can't do, then they'll pay you dearly for that. So just just you yep. know, get resourced and, and, and learn to do things and learn to supplement people that are, right. are becoming successful. Just great right. story there. So when I read your book, there's there's three C's that come out to me, consistency, character and culture. And, yeah. and I think we'll start with consistency. I don't know if we'll make it through it all in 20 minutes, but consistency. I know the brand has been consistent and you, you were a proponent of keeping the brand consistent. Let's talk about yes. how important that was to the, to the. Well, there are no great brands step outside of Chick-fil-A. There are no great brands that aren't consistent. Um, Nike, BMW, Southwest Airlines, Nordstrom's, Dell, Zappos, FedEx. You can name great brands. And in large part, they're great because they, they consistently deliver a brand promise. Uh, and if, if people cannot trust the brand promise, which comes from consistency, then you'll never be a great brand. And you're more vulnerable to people leaving your brand. And you're certainly more vulnerable to people not being willing to pay full price. The challenge uh, in the Chick-fil-A system was we had a decentralized system of leadership in the restaurants. Uh, the restaurants were not led by corporate staff. The restaurants were and are led by independent operators. Uh, so how do you build systems and culture and strategic boundaries so that those people deliver a consistent experience, consistent food, cleanliness, service, hospitality, marketing messages, etc.? And I'm not going to unpack how I, did, I get into that in the book. But that is, that's the huge challenge because part of what makes Chick-fil-A very strong uh, is the independent entrepreneur spirit of their operators. And so how do you channel that in a constructive way? And the heart of it was, uh, and I used to tell the new operators this all the time, we, we have not invited you to Chick-fil-A to reinvent the brand. We've invited you to Chick-fil-A to leverage the brand. And have a and, and attract and develop great people and develop a great uh, living standard from the Chick Fil A brand. But if you ever feel tempted to reinvent the brand because you see something or keep hearing something that operators want or don't like, then you feed that back to us and let us figure out how the whole system can benefit for that from that. So um, when when I joined Chick Fil A, the operators on on the whole were probably had had more freedom to influence and reinvent the brand than they should have had. And uh, with Truett and Jimmy's support, and I would also say using customer research aggressively, which they had never done, we were over several years to kind of rein that in and, and start to create a consistent box top of what we want the brand to be and strategically how we want it expressed through food and service and marketing. And uh, I think now most people have a consistent 
Chick-fil-A experience. Uh, and they see consistent Chick-fil-A messaging. Uh, and even though the operator <clears throat> is at the hub, the center of driving all of that, um, operators over time figured out, I can make a lot more money doing it the Chick-fil-A way than doing it my way. And it's why I now have literally thousands of people lining up every year trying to become a Chick-fil-A operator. Um, but yes, consistency is key. If you're not consistent, and by the way, consistency across the board, Brian, is consistent culture, is consistent leadership messaging, is consistent strategy, is consistent measurement of what, what's important, and not only financial measures, but customer measures, is consistent accountability back against those measures where the measurements become the real leverage of performance and not the personality of some staff member coming in and trying to give you a pep talk or even being heavy handed. You, you use customer centric data and financials to really create accountability. So all everything needs to be designed to focus on what you want the brand to be and what you want the brand experience to be and what, what, what brand performance is acceptable and is gonna give you an opportunity to grow as a Chick-fil-A operator. So it's a long answer, but it, it, it is cornerstone to the business. I have to agree. And I'll, I'll just share a personal story here. One time my, me and my wife were traveling and we pulled up to a Chick-fil-A. We wanted Chick-fil-A. However, the line was wrapped around the building like it is most Chick-fil-A's. And mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not getting in that line. She said, Brian, get in the line. You'll, you'll be amazed how fast it is. Yep. And it, and it, now that I know that, it dumbfounds me how, number one, fast it is, but the quality of the food doesn't change when there's a long line. It's still consistent, right. you know, tastes good and it's fresh. But the, the thing that gets me is sometimes that long line, three times the line of maybe someone else's line, and yet I may get through the line faster with the, with the service. And in Florida here, central Florida, where I live, these young people are standing out in this hot humidity yes. to serve their clients and, yes. and doing it with a smile. And it's just amazing yes. that, that you have created an environment where they, they do that and they're committed to it. Yes. Well, I, I went through a store yesterday coming up to North Carolina and it was hot. And I had exactly the same experience you just described. But again, the, the key, Brian, is um, 99 plus percent of the time you go to any Chick-fil-A restaurant, you're going to have that same experience. It was, it was designed. Uh, the infrastructure, the systems were built to deliver it. The training was built to deliver it. The operators go out and recruit, recruit the right talent to execute it. And the customer benefits from an experience that fundamentally starts, again, I'll say it again, fundamentally starts because they have an empowered entrepreneur leader in every restaurant who cares about every customer, every team member, every guest experience. They're not absentee owners. They're on site. That's amazing. So, you know, we've already covered some of the character things. Let's just give a little bit on culture. Uh, the, the culture at Chick-fil-A, how do you maintain that over these decades now? Yes. Well, the corporate purpose was written in 1982 in a, in a time of crisis. Uh, I unpacked that story in the book. I won't do it here. 
But I'll just tell you that the corporate purpose of Chick-fil-A today is a still is still exactly the same purpose, word for word. So part of how you maintain culture is having clear a clear statement of why you exist. And that's fundamentally what the corporate purpose of Chick-fil-A is. Um, to glorify God with being a faithful steward of all those entrusted to us and have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. That is their purpose. Everyone knows it. Leadership talks about it all the time. Meetings, seminars, videos reinforce it all the time. It Over time, it becomes a litmus test for major decisions, major investments. Is this initiative going to honor God? Is it going to be good stewardship? Is it going to help people? Um, so number one, having a very clear purpose is crucial. And I, I, I'm amazed at how many organizations do not have a clear purpose. Or if they do, leadership really doesn't follow it. Uh, they, don't, they don't make it uh, the cornerstone of why the business exists. They don't make it as a strategic filter. And so people figure out, well, it's not really important. So that's number one. Number two is you got to decide what, what's non-negotiable in business. Some people would call that values. I, I like to say, what, what is it you're going to fall on a, a nail over? Um, issues of integrity, integrity uh, value, fairness, having fun, stewardship. Those are just some of what Chick-fil-A's are. Um, people have to know how to make decisions, not only on the, the issue of why we exist, but what, 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 what is the value message implicit in the decisions we make and how we execute our business. Again, leaders need to be talking about and uh, reinforcing those things all the time. So, for example, one of them is customers first. Well, how does a leader reinforce that? Tons of ways. I'll just give you one. We had a leadership habit for anyone visiting a Chick-fil-A store, whether you are on an official visit or not. If you go in the dining room, you walk in the door, you don't turn to the right to introduce yourself to the operator or team members. You walk in the door, you turn, you turn left, you turn into the dining room, you walk around, you look at what people are eating, what kind of experience they're having, how clean is the restaurant, are the tables being served? Are drinks being refreshed? Is, is, is trash not laying around? Are people having fun? And by the time you just circle the dining room for 60 seconds, you have a sense of the guest experience in that restaurant. And But what you're really communicating the operator is, there may be a lot of reasons I'm here and I want to speak to you or visit with you, but none of that out None of that's more important than what's going on in your dining room or your drive-thru right now, customer source. So the literally, the behavior leadership reinforces those values. And I, I think, and I'll say this and then quit on that topic, I think one of the reasons organizations have so much trouble um, building consistent uh, culture uh, around purpose and clear values is they have too much turnover in leadership. Um, when you have CEOs and CFOs and chief marketing officers coming and going every three to five years, it is very difficult to, to um, be clear and consistent. Again, consistent 
about why you exist and what's really important. The new leaders come in and they want to rewrite everything. And, and people get confused. And finally, what they do is they just focus on executing their functional responsibilities. And they don't have their head up looking at what's really important. They're, they're looking at just their job. Um, so it, it, all, it all starts and stops with leadership. If you want to have a great culture, leaders have to make it a priority. That, that's amazing. You know, here we are out of time on the podcast. I have several more things I want to discuss with you, so I may have to bring you back. But, but for the listeners, you know, I wrote down I, some things you can find out in the book. Iconic brand, innovation. When you find out that Chick-fil-A has an innovation lab and this full-scale thing that's great. And more than one now. <laughs> more than one lab now. More than one. And then yep. and Steve alluded to it, but it's in the book. So you got to get the book now because we can't cover it. But the $2 million mistake, you got to hear, you got to read that in the book. So yep. Steve, where can they find the book? Where can our listeners find your book? Well, it's available on Amazon. I think Barnes and Noble still have it. Um, if you want a large order of books, Bought Books carries it. Uh, you get a discount buying a case. Uh, so it's out there. That's great. Well, we appreciate having you on the podcast today. And I hope the listeners will grab that book. I want to encourage you to grab our book, Voices for Leadership. You know, I asked that question, what does leadership and being a leader mean to you? And after doing that many times now, I realized everyone has their own answer for that. And so we put together 40 authors for volume one. We're putting together volume two. Now we're so excited about We've created a community. So if you want to find out more about that, go to vflcommunity.com. Get a copy of our book and join our community. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.